Yeah, so they used to do a thing, what I've learned, but I was also thinking we could do like uh, advice to a young person. Like say, say you had a 16 year old who just finished his, his basic studies. And what, what, would, what would the lessons be that you would send this young man on to the next phase of his life with? Or, or woman, young, young woman. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great stuff. Yeah. So I think um, uh, in spite of it being a bad day, in spite of everybody just being sick and tired of, of the pandemic, essentially, that is it. The American public has decided that it's over. They just, they want to travel, they want to shop, they don't want to wear masks, they don't want to socially distance. And Oliver Wendell Holmes said, if the American public chooses to go to hell, it's not his job to stop them. And this is how I'm feeling today, Brian. And I know that you can make me feel better. No, wait, I'm confusing you with Chris Levine. I will burn like firewood all the whole show i just know it so i there's never a better time for me to give advice than when i'm red hot hotter than a ten dollar pistol um this since this is you know the 50th episode it got me thinking that um i think in one of our first episodes we were discussing the pandemic and and uh we said, yeah, it'll it'll burn itself out here soon. And uh, here so, a year later. Wait, yeah, way to way to preface uh, our big advice episode with that, because now no one in their right mind will listen to a single thing we have to say, because because we were so right about this uh, this flash uh-huh. in the pan flu from Wuhan. <laughs> I don't think we were the only ones who thought, yeah. <laughs> what give it give it three months and uh, we'll be good. How bad could it be? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, I you know. Okay, you know what? It's been a year. <sighs> I'm centered. I've had my breath. You know what time? You know what time it is. Welcome to a very special episode of Managing Expectations. This is our 50th anniversary. Uh, well, it's not really an anniversary. It's our 50th episode. Okay, I overshot a little. Okay, I, okay. so much for Managing Expectations. We really think we have a, an awfully good show for you today. Uh, we have, uh, this is our 50th show. Um two weeks shy of a year. We've actually been at it for more than a year, but between Brian and producer Jack losing episodes and us having to take especially embarrassing ones down and whatnot, um, this really is the, uh, this is the golden anniversary episode. We're very excited about it. It's, it's not nothing. It's not Uh, nothing. Yeah. 
in spite of <laughs> very publicly trying to quit for the last several weeks, Brian's kept me hanging in in there. So, uh, howdy, welcome to episode 50 of Managing Expectations. Um, we're brought to you this week uh, by Mrs. Winger Masks. Uh, and in spite of the fact that nobody wants to wear them anymore, there are reasons to have some tucked away. Uh, and not for nothing, probably one to have reasons to have one on your face, not hanging over your under your nose, not drooping under your chin, but actually covering covering your breathing apparatus. We're also brought to you by the Refresher uh, podcast. Chris Levine's just a gem, a gem of a podcast. When I say it's little. I don't mean that in the um, patronizing, um, uh, diminishing uh, sense. I mean, he keeps it tight. He goes like 15 minutes and that like includes a really clever thing that he does at the end. He, he um, does like a 10 song playlist that he shares with you. Uh, and I just think that's the smartest idea. Um, I think it's such a good idea The part of me hopes he fails and so I can start doing it. The truth is, is that Chris is such a good guy. I don't think that if he minded, if we uh, uh, borrowed that idea. You know, you would say that, but we look like a bunch of Johnny come lately's if we get our own <laughs> playlist, no matter how shrimpy. With me, as always, is the aide de camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Hey, Jeff. Howdy. So we've got a really, uh, you know, because here's the thing. Uh, oh, well, and, and we're also uh, um, uh, happy to uh, uh, be uh, ha happy to have as an advertiser uh, all, all in a Dream comics and books in Denver, Colorado. More on Ray and All in a Dream as we go along. Uh, but um, let's just get right into it. Um, what was I going to say? Well, I just want to say something real quick. Um, oh, that, 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 that 50 episodes really is, is something. Um, well, I can't tell you. You've got a real job and kids. Well, that, but, but also, I mean, I can't tell you how many uh, podcasts there are that have like three or four episodes and then the guys just bailed out on it. Um, the fact that through some adversity, some uh, scheduling challenges um, and everything some else that's adversity. going on. You mean like... <laughs> like a like, global pandemic? Like the end of the world? <laughs> Is that what you mean? Like an insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> complete yeah, economic some, <laughs> meltdown there's been some things <laughs> you know it's, it's some stuff that's happened some speed bumps yeah we've had we've had to push our recording time from tuesday to friday once in a while just you know around insurrectionary activity in the street but i'll say this i mean 50 episodes i think it's i think it's an achievement and we really appreciate those that have hung in there with us uh you didn't you don't was, have to be with us from the beginning uh yeah. a lot of people you know we get it it's not it's not their cup of tea uh dudes talking uh, uh but um other people have joined in and we're happy to have them yep. yeah and um 
uh, you know what's interesting is some folks haven't listened for for a while and then they're like listen again um even though i thought i was insufferable talking about the great texas freeze of 21 um i, I there's a lot of feedback about that uh, we got some feedback last week when we uh, mislabeled episode 48 as episode 47 part do <laughs> hey we're working through some kinks yeah i mean how many years does it take to be able to number one and then the next one uh oh i, I was gonna say about uh levine uh, uh levine's podcast is like really tight because in part he researches it he prepares those are excellent qualities in a podcast and i've done some of that myself because we've actually set a theme you and i were talking esquire yep. magazine for a while uh would like have a page they would take a they would take a famous person and have them do things i have learned uh like life lessons uh the way i'm the way i approached my the list that i've done for today's um show is uh you know the, what advice would i give to posterity uh to the young people in my life the ones who you know are um cursed and have personalities similar to myself or um you know whatever uh, what 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 can help them to persevere uh to you know show grit and uh, resilience and resourcefulness and and uh, carry on so um uh you 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 narrowed it down to things you learned in the pa pandemic um yeah but i think that that you know those are um those are lessons that are amplified because of a pandemic right those things become a little bit clearer um but i think that they still apply i mean even if we do get out of this stupid thing um oh that's right stupidity that's another thing that i've learned <laughs> hang on I'm, I, I, let, let, let me let, let, let me just make a quick note stupid okay go ahead but one of the things um one of the things that always stood out to me is when when the kids were born we took them to their pediatrician for the very first time and a great guy and he says there's something that you should know about children they are either sick getting sick or getting over being sick that's, that's how it is with kids all the time. Um, and, uh, now you tell me and that's, and well, and that's, and it's true, you know, and especially when, when you have twins, uh, one will pick something up and it won't be long that the other one catches it and, you know, and then you just keep going in that cycle. But one of the things that kind of takes me that I think is, um, a broader application of that is that, you know, we're all going through one thing or another or coming out of something or getting ready to go into something. Um, and, uh, and so just, you know, keep in mind that eventually it'll end and you'll have a period of time where it's relatively calm, but is it going to pick right back up again? 
It doesn't mean that you're cursed. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It's just how it is for everybody. That's something I've learned. Wow. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Cause I, 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 I've thought of that, you know, I mean, for example, I've, uh, you know, I hate to brag, but I've gone like 10 days without a catastrophic depressive episode. So I, I'm due, but, um, but, but there is a, there is a cycle to life. You know, there, there seems to be, uh, at least for people like us. I mean, I, I, I think that anything that we go through, anything that we feel, um, when gauged against the unspeakable suffering on earth on any given time. I mean, imagine being in like a, an Eritrean jail for like the last 25 years or, you know, or in a Russian prison. Um, I saw... Uh, Radio Free Europe had a had a a story on it last week about the Russians uh, imprisoning a 77 year old um, uh, member of a small and popular uh, a religious denomination. And I think, wow, that must that must be a formidable 77 year old. To, to have to put him in the Huskow right with Russian mobsters you know uh, of course I have no um, I'm not sure that Russian mobsters are actually in jail I think there's a lot of them running the country uh, so only the probably the opposition mobsters yeah yeah anyway well that's a good one that's a good one Brian and listen I'm gonna bring it down a little I'll, I'll try not to but um, <laughs> Um, you know, um, you, you know how I am. Look, I think you get knocked down you, you, and you try to get back up and you, and yeah. you just, you just struggle to get back up until, until one day you can't. And then that'll be that. Yep. So, uh, the, the first thing, okay. So I want to have a caveat, um, to my advice to a, a young person to to a young um to a young person and that is uh i'm going to give some advice that has benefited me every time i've remembered to remember it um people are going to hear this and say oh um uh you, you know um see see to your own affairs winger um because because some of the things that I know is are good advice, I have a hard time practicing. It's a lot like having Macbeth on the podcast saying, you know what? I think I should be less ambitious and listen to my wife, not so much. That's, I think that that's pretty good advice, but, uh, but not everybody is able to put that into practice. Well, and, and listen, as I've gotten older, as I've gotten older, I mean, I've been a lot, I've, I've come to appreciate Macbeth's fatal flaw. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, you know, we can talk about Macbeth some other time because I just watched, uh, rewatched uh, Patrick Stewart's um, uh, 
you know, production, the production Patrick Stewart was in, and it was great. It was really great. And, uh, you know, um, uh, just anyway, uh, you know, Macbeth's not in, a very sympathetic guy, but uh, his life could have been different. And I remember being in high school and there, and the teacher talking about tragic flaw, tragic flaw, tragic flaw. And I'm like, horse, horse feathers young winger said i said i said i would have said um uh you know all he had to do is not kill the king just don't do it just don't you know it's not like it's pre you know you're pre not predestined uh but you know you you're you know you're bent a certain way and you you're you got inclinations a certain way and while his led him to murder and madness um, you know, uh, mostly I have failed, uh, to keep my damn mouth shut in times when it really would have benefited me to do so. Uh, and, uh, thereby hangs the tale. So, um, the, the advice that I want to, uh, begin with, uh, my number one thing is, uh, You just discovered that blondes are gorgeous. Congratulations, you idiot. And I think that there's a great story there because it's a story of friendship over the ages. Brian, would you like to tell the story? Uh, no. <laughs> so I'm, I'm at a Starbucks in, um, uh, Arlington, Texas, probably 15 or 20 years ago. And I, well, no, it, you, you had kids, right? Were you there? Mm -hmm. No, you didn't have kids yet. So, so, so 15 so or 20 years ago, this was 20, this, this was probably 20 years ago. Okay. So I get a call from Brian, uh, who's with his, his wife and her, his extended family, his wife's side of the family. They've gone to the happiest place on earth. They've gone to Disney Universe. What is it? Disney World? <laughs> Disney, Disney Disney World. Disney in, World. In, okay. In, and, in, and, and, in, in stunning Orlando, Florida. And and he says, uh, I'm at the small world exhibit. Okay. 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 No. okay no, this is how I remember it. I'm going to tell it the way I remember it. And, uh, and then you can, and then you can embellish it if you want. Okay. So he's like at a small correct, world. Correct it. Uh, he's in this, <laughs> the small world exhibit. And, uh, he says, uh, these tall blondes from Norway, they, uh, they're easy on the eyes. And I say, congratulations, you idiot. You just figured out the tall blondes are gorgeous. So for, for over 20 years, our friendship has been forged on congratulations, you idiot. Every time, every time one of us says something ridiculously obvious and apparent and we act and we act like we just came through the jungle and, and discovered Angkor Wat. <laughs> now, how is that not what happened? That's real close, but this this is at if 
if if you haven't been to Disney World, which I don't think you have. No. No. Well, that, that's if you haven't been to Chartwell, Churchill's country home, and I'm sure you haven't. Because you spend all your time and money going to Disney. I haven't been in 10 years. Or so. <laughs> oh, congratulations, you idiot. No, so it, it wasn't at Small World. Small World isn't is is a is a ride that's a bunch with a bunch of animatronic robots and they sing the same song over and over again. You will not see any tall blondes on the Small World ride. Who represents Scandinavia? What kind but of animatronics? What, what kind of animatronics do they have? They're, they're small singing robots, so that's not it. However, at at Epcot. They have what's called the World Showcase, and so they have several different countries. Norway is one of them, and I don't, I don't know the names of the other ones. I don't know what else they, what else they got going on over there. <laughs> I got to Norway, and I was good. Yep. But at, at Norway, they have honey. They have... There are six other continents we could look at. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'll meet you outside. Yeah, no, and so they so they have a uh, a ride there for Norway. They've got a, a movie that shows like drone pictures. What's the Norway ride? Well, it used to be Fjord Hunter. No, it, it used to be a thing where there were like trolls. You know, I think like. Yeah. No, that that is part like of the Nordic mythology, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, trolls. And then, and, and then they would have uh, like it was like a it's like a Viking ship, and then it was uh, I think it was called um, I can't remember what it was called, but then they showed like a movie about the history of Norway, uh, you know, about uh, the seafaring people. It's very interesting, and if you haven't seen it, you're really missing out. But then as you exit the ride, just like everything at Disney World, there's a gift shop. And they have a gift shop where you can buy like Nordic sweaters and Helly Hansen jackets. And I mean, there's nothing in there that costs under a hundred dollars. Um, and in the gift shop, they have a correct representation of what Norwegian people look like. Well, and I spent a thousand dollars in there. (laughs) (laughs) That's rich. Nice work. Good. Well done. Okay. Very good. So congratulations, you idiot. So uh, when you, uh, when you have a friend, it's good to be able to um, have this sort of template, I think, uh, to uh, forge, uh, to share experiences and to, uh, continue to uh, forge a bond. Okay, what's your next lesson? Uh, so I, I think I'm, I kind of alternated between something kind of more thoughtful and then something kind of light. Um, my, you know, one thing that my dad used to do is, and I think we talked about this real briefly on previous episodes, but he would buy like four pairs of jeans every year. Really? Did he work in jeans or did he work in slacks? No, he worked in jeans. Okay. But, but, you know, but he didn't, if he owned a pair of shorts, 
they never saw the light of day because they were stuffed into the bottom of his dresser. Okay, that's funny. Um, but did he ever wear shorts? On, did he wear shorts on vacation? No, no way. Did you ever go to the beach? Um, did you ever go to water? Nope. <laughs> okay. Okay. I used to tease him that his his legs were so white they looked like the belly of a fish. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what everybody says about people's white legs. Did you really? think you? Yeah. Did you think you came up with that? I thought of that independently. I mean, it, somebody else had already thought of it, but I came up with it independently. Yes, everybody says fish belly for white. You sure? Yes, I'm sure. Jeez. That's, what is with Anyhow, this guy? What is with the this guy? The, le the lesson is this, is that get yourself every year, get yourself the things that you need, whether it's a couple new pairs of jeans, a couple new button-up white Oxford shirts, uh, just plan on it because whether you need it or not, uh, eventually you will need it. I think that's right. And I think, I think, uh, I, I certainly find as I get older, I don't need as much stuff, mm -hmm. but I prefer good stuff. Like, right. like just like buying like cheap crap t-shirts is not something that I'm in the least bit interested in doing. Nope. Uh, um, uh, I would rather splurge and get a, a, a few nice things that are going to be in the closet for a few years. <laughs> unless, unless I lose so much weight, I just can't lose or wear them anymore. Uh, which is um, no one ever went broke taking that bet. Um, uh, so anyway, um, yeah, that's that's good advice. Yeah, wow, you're you are crushing it today. All right, so here's something else that um, uh, my would have made my life uh, better if I was better at. Uh, and these are related, but they're different. Uh, read the room, know your audience, and that one I think uh, uh, deserves uh, some examination. And uh, be yourself which is usually horrible advice. At least it is for me. But then there's times when being yourself is, is exactly what you, what you want to be, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, the things that make you distinct uh, and you, unique, uh, a, a particular person, individual, those can be good. Um, you know, but you, you definitely want the good. Remember that scene in Mad Men when uh, Betty's like talking about the daughter and says that the, what'd she say? That the good is not beating the bad or something like that. You remember mm -hmm. that? Yeah. She was like, I mean, cause uh, the daughter, whatever her name was, Sally, Sally. Uh, and she says, uh, you know, she's a teenager and it's like the, the late sixties. I mean, so you can imagine and uh, uh, Betty, who I, I, you know, is like the least sympathetic character on the entire show. Um, I would rather watch the Henry Francis show and never, ever, ever see Betty Draper. <laughs> Betty Draper Francis. So, um, uh, you know, but a a anyway, um, 
Here's an example of the importance of knowing your audience. I continue to make certain assumptions, thinking that I am like other people and um, that they're like me and that we have, and that's just not true. Um, they don't read the same things. They don't um, listen to the same music. So um, I was in line with a guy and uh, there was music playing and it was Sticks, the rock band Sticks. Uh, big, um, I don't know if they were, would be like prog rock or. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, but they weren't, weren't really, it was more pop prog, maybe. Prop prog. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this guy's about my age. And I say, you know, a man lives his life. He goes through the things that he goes through. He becomes the man that he is. And he shouldn't have to hear sticks ever again. <laughs> and the guy, the guy looks at me and he goes, why? Um, and like inside, I'm thinking, because they're really lame and they stink and you're an idiot if you if you think otherwise i didn't know the audience i just made assumptions based on thinking that you know for god's sake it's 2021 and can we not come to a a general understanding that sticks is you know not not a not a good band they're not they're not really that good What what I can think I can think of two sticks songs. Okay, you understand that the point isn't sticks. Don't take your eyes off the ball. The the, the point is me not knowing the audience. I mean I, I mean this guy was a complete stranger to me. And I just assumed he was as cool as me. <laughs> wow was I wrong. <laughs> well, I could have told you that without even meeting the guy. Yeah, congratulations, you <laughs> idiot. So um, these are things for me to bear in mind uh, as I go to jury duty in a little while. I bet you don't have to go. Uh, I don't know. I am really of two minds on it. I want to be a good citizen. I'm going to show up. I'm, I want to do yeah. my civic duty. And uh, I think jury tr trials by jury are idiotic. Do you know that there's only two countries in the world who have trial by jury? I, I, I recently read, I think, a similar article that you just that you're referring to. America and like, is it Liberia? Uh huh. Yeah. Now, I don't I don't know much about Liberia. Um, but I mean, can't you get a conflict diamond or two in Liberia? Liberia, the, uh, Liberia actually has an interesting history. A friend of mine was in, um, uh, we were, no, he was in Sierra Leone, but he was in um, Liberia's in West Africa. And um, of course the root in Liberia is Liberty. It was actually um, uh, recolonized by freed slaves. And there were a lot of people um, 
before and after the Civil War who wanted to ship uh, slaves and descendants of slaves back to um, Africa and and uh, let them start their own country in Liberia. I don't know what what um, the people that were there first uh, had to say about it, but that's why the uh, capital of Liberia is Monroeville, Mon Monrovia, Mon Monroeville, I think, uh, named after U.S. President James Monroe. And wow. uh, yeah, yeah, and you and you get like a lot of America. Uh, uh, you know, Western sounding names. So uh, um, anyway, uh, what, how did we, how did we, how did we get into the very dicey subject of <laughs> repatriating? <laughs> jury, trial jury, by jury. Yeah, trial by jury. Yeah. So anyway, um, I will absolutely be myself. Um, uh, with a with a view to uh, being sent home with the sincere thanks of the court. Well, and so that goes to something else that I have is that if if sometimes you get a job or an assignment that you may not be inclined to do, uh, but sometimes you just got to do it. And and I think that jury duty might fall under one of the like might fall into that category. Um, I got a jury summons um, about a month or so ago, and I was ready to do it. You know, uh, it's an important thing, part of the process. Um, but uh, the night before I called in and I was, I was excused. So I think, uh, you know, you think about, uh, people and uh, you know everybody thinks that they'd be a hero if like whatever if they'd have been in germany in say 1934 um and i you know um i mean you can say well m mostly there were germans fighting under nazism not nazis fighting under hitler Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were doing things for whatever the fatherland, uh, um, but I mean, sometimes the state asks a, an individual to do things and if he can do it, uh, he has the obligations of a citizen to do it. And if he can't do it, then he's got to take the, the consequences for that. That's all. Mm -hmm. So my, my feeling is, and there's a line from the West Wing, it's like, look, serve on the jury, don't serve on the jury, but if you don't serve on the jury, you don't get to complain about the OJ verdict. Yep. So, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna be a weasel. And I think it's, I, you know, I, I've made plenty of funny jokes about wearing a t-shirt that says, kill them all and let God decide. Um, which or, is... or or wearing your Princess Leia costume? <laughs> <laughs> is did that that was a bit from uh, Thirty Rock, right? It was. Yeah, Liz Lemon uh, dressed up like Princess Leia to get out of jury duty. Uh huh. 
what was the bit where there like already like a ton of people there dressed up like Princess Leia or something? I think I, I don't remember exactly, but I, I seem to remember that it was like a comic con. It looked like Comic Con <laughs> that you got all these characters dressed up. Well, so there's two things, right? What, what, one is you've got people who are trying to ditch the responsibility, people who look at it different from you, than you and me. And then there are like people who are like, uh, who's who's got all day who 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 doesn't need to be excused weirdos who dress up like you know lord <laughs> of the rings um it's like well of course i dress like this the renaissance fair is only four months away um how about this expect oh oh, oh your, your thing too i wanted to go back to your thing um about just you know suck it up do the dirty job move on Right. Uh, there's a there's a line and I can't remember the context, but at one point in Justified, Raylan Given says, the sooner we get to it, the sooner we get through it. Yeah. And I try to tell myself that sometimes, you know, like yeah. if it's like a big, ugly, you know, stupid job. I mean, you can, you know, you can gripe, you can talk it to death. Uh, remember Joe, my old buddy, Joe. <laughs> We were playing softball one time and I was just trying to organize things, right? Things. I don't even, even know if you were there yet. This was the time that like Julene wore like the scarf over her head and she looked like some sort of flower child. And so uh, Jamie Beckman was called, uh, and I, I think I called her Moonbeam first and then Jamie Beckman thought that that was pretty great. So he kept on. Better not call his wife a name though. Ooh double standard what do you bet he doesn't listen to the podcast what do you bet his wife wouldn't let him listen to the podcast I've got ten thousand dollars it says he does not listen <laughs> <laughs> that you made on dodgecoin yep doge <laughs> dodgecoin that's not just a hemi that's a doge that's a doge yep is that a doge it's a hemi so uh um anyway uh so i was pitching and say was catching and uh he walks out to the mound and he goes you are talking this thing to death <laughs> i'm sure he was right yeah. ah i wish he knew me now i wish well i wish he hadn't died but uh yeah Okay, so um, expect nothing, appreciate everything. How about that? How about that for managing expectations, Brian? Well, I think that's uh, I think that's that's really good because um, things can change awfully quickly. Uh, whether it's you know the world and business gets shut down and we you know have to stay in our homes for for a year or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, but things can change really, really quickly. So don't uh, keep your expectations in check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking, like, if I had a if I had a kid, you know, I mean, it's like, well, maybe we've had a bad day, but you know what? You're going to you're going to sleep in your bed, in your home, and that's not true of everybody, and it may not be true of us tomorrow. Yeah. So let's just, you know, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about being in the moment. You know, don't borrow trouble. Don't be worrying about tomorrow and everything else. Um, 
you know, it's pretty great. You know, I, I, I and, and honestly, at the risk of being sappy, sometimes, okay, so like I'll get up early, uh, I'll, I'll set my alarm for 4.30 and sometimes I'll like take a minute and lay there and uh, the dog is in the, is in the bedroom uh, and she's snoring and every once in a while, Mrs. Winger snores a little bit, you know, so I'm in there. I don't my, believe it. With my two snoring ladies. <laughs> and uh, I just think how sweet it is, you know, how I, oh, I sound like Jackie Gleason, how sweet it is, but um, it is right. I mean, uh, it's nice when things are sweet. Yep. Okay. Your turn. Uh, send a handwritten note. And okay. this is at this, this point. Is, at this point, you're out of you're out of things, and you've just cracked up your cracked you open your uh, uh, Miss Manners uh, uh, no. etiquette. No, if if I'm cracking anything open, it's the Esquire Guide to the Modern Gentleman, written in like what 1959 or 61. Yeah, I can't believe I gave that to Jack. There's no way he appreciates that. No. But I do. Ah, <laughs> uh, I wish. You know what? We should do. We should. We should do uh, an episode of that, because like that thing about like. Um, there's 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 like a there's like three chapters dedicated to wearing a hat out in public. <laughs> the one I remember is like when you when you have to drive for like a for for a, a take a trip it's okay to remove your jacket while while driving but when you get within um when you get near the destination you do want to pull over change out into your dress shirt and tie put your jacket on and, and then for the rest of the ride so that you yeah. arrive so that you arrive in in um and when you just think about, you just think about how ridiculously, stupidly casual American society's been. I mean, did this like what did this start with like George Siegel and like movies from from California in the in the seventies? I mean, what? How did we get to this? When did you? I, I mean, you as you know, Brian, I still wear a tie when I fly, mm -hmm. and I will wear a tie to jury duty. Good. Yeah. Let them know what kind of man they're dealing with. Right. When um, at my previous job, my my company, the, the, the division that I worked for was was sold off to another company. And we had to re-interview for our jobs with the new company. Wow. Harsh. Um, harsh. Did you did uh, you get yours? I, I was offered a position, but I declined it. Okay. Um, but Scoreboard. interview day, interview day, I show up in a tie. Oh, even though you don't work in one. Yeah. Even though I don't work. I mean, we, we had a, uh, a, a dress, you know, office casual policy. Sure. Um, Dockers and a shirt with a collar. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, boring. um, yeah, pretty boring. But, you know, on interview day, I, I wear a tie and everybody's like, what are you doing wearing a tie? Who are you trying to impress? I'm like, it's an interview. Like, 
Yeah. Why not? Why not? I don't get it. And yeah. uh, it was like I was like the only guy uh, that wore a tie. Okay. So send a handwritten note. Send a note. Yep. In 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 all instances, and in, in what instances are you thinking? You know, th- there's just there's there's been times. Um, and listen, like you said, I'm not taking this advice uh, is and following through on it is often harder than. Well, I'm not here to call you a hypocrite. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm saying I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. No, but 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 there but there's been times where I wanted to write somebody a note um and it didn't have to be a long sappy thing but just something to express some gratitude. Yeah. Um and then their life you know uh their life changed. Um and I don't have that opportunity to do that. So um yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, just, uh, and, and I think that in the, in the modern moment, uh, there's been a lot of people who say, you know, if you're thinking about somebody, just send them a text. I don't know. That's, that's, uh, I don't know. I suppose that's better than nothing. Right. But it's, not a handwritten note mm-hmm. um and and in, and look you and i have talked before i mean i mean um uh the 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 calculate uh, um you know how wh- however you imagine going out right my hope is uh uh one of the you know, I, I don't often quote my father as a font of wisdom and uh, uh, <laughs> practical uh, advice, but uh, he, his, uh, he says the best way to go is uh, to <laughs> hit the sidewalk and bounce twice. Um, that is, <laughs> and, and when you think, when you think about um, going in a, you know, being, being in a hospital room with, you know, lights and beeps and hoses and tubes, um, you know, the calculate, the, the calculus is tough. So, uh, we do have an obligation, don't we, to make it as sweet as possible while we're here. And a handwritten note is a, a whole lot better than, um, a text, but you know, whatever. If you want to send it, it, listen, send a text rather than do nothing. People mm-hmm. that you that you love, that you respect, that you admire, that you appreciate should know that you do those things. Yeah. Right. Don't keep exactly. them guessing. Don't keep them guessing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, send a handwritten note. That's good. And I'm sorry to get us off on uh, a gentleman's guide. Um, okay. So there's a, um, okay. So organizations have personalities um you can talk about corporate culture uh but that's you know that i don't i don't i don't know if you've ever worked for a place big enough to have like a mission statement or have a you know their motto you know painted on the wall of the 
employee lunchroom or, you know, I've worked for some like really big companies and they try to have a particular thrust and so forth. But like the biggest company I ever worked for really it boiled down to who your direct supervisor were was and they determined whether or not you know you you had a good working experience a good um you know uh, uh whether or not you were in a position to uh succeed you know so um i think smaller groups are are influenced uh like i was listening so so right now i'm listening to the audiobook of uh jim mattis's book uh call sign chaos he was the um uh you know he was a general um during um the wars the the, the post 9-11 wars he was Secretary of Defense under Trump for a hot minute, and then he resigned in protest. Uh, I mean, he's he's largely viewed as being um, he was he was viewed as being the grown up in the room uh, mm -hmm. in the Trump administration, and even he like got to a point where he couldn't take it anymore, and so he resigned. But uh, um, he said that an organization shows what it values by who it promotes. And I thought that that was a, a very interesting comment. I mean, I, I'm enjoying this book uh, as far as it goes. I think a lot of these military memoirs, and I, I, I run into this with Jocko Willick too. Um, they're like all about leadership. And it's just, it's just like a gung-ho-ness that I can get behind a little but it's just not really my bag. Um, I mean, I, I, I appreciate the fact that these are smart guys who read books and they also like to jump out of helicopters and shoot things, blow stuff up, you know? So, I mean, I'm, I'm half that stuff, you know, and I do like to see stuff blow up. I just, I, it's just not been my lot in life to do it to members of Al Qaeda. It's just not how that's not how that's not how the balls have rolled right <laughs> okay so uh so anyway so um uh um i think you know uh small groups are are, are shaped by leaders but then they're but then also strong personalities and also i think that you can have drift and inertia just because of what people do or don't do and um so you know th this i don't know that this is a great insight but maybe this should have been a, a subcategory of being able to read the room because i i worked for a, a bookstore chain and they uh talked about uh, uh promoting uh well first of all believing in freedom freeness freedom of speech freedom of speech um free expression uh openness of uh the the inviability of the written word 
but um, and, and also um, promoting diversity. But this is you know with with without pitching episode fifty headlong into the culture wars, there really is a difference between diversity of thought and experience and um, a diversity of uh, uh, in other ways, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, and, and again, um, uh, well, I, I just like, and, and I will give you, I will give you the following example. When I was interviewing people for a job, um, thinking about hiring them, I was always impressed when they had traveled and when they had done things, you know, whatever, been in the Peace Corps or volunteered time, whatever, digging wells in Africa or, you know, what, you know, just stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know what, honestly, uh, if if you'd traveled farther than St. Louis, um, it was pretty impressive com- considering some of the applicants that you would get uh, in places. And I worked with this woman who was such a provincial hack. <laughs> she just didn't care. She didn't care. Uh, she just wanted apparatchiks. She wanted, uh, what was the word that we learned from that Rex Stout book? Mycedon, my oh yeah. You remember that? That was a good word. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm going to go with the Russian apparatchik. She just wanted somebody that you could you could plug in, be a cog in the machine. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you think. I mean, one of the things in the bookstore, right? Everybody, every all the kids, all the millennials. I mean, all the millennials have just grown up on J.K. Rowling. Okay. And look, I'm all for um, almost anything that can get a young person to read. But you know what? At some point, you gotta you gotta let Gryffindorf or whatever it's called go. I mean, it's just it's it's not you know. And the thing is, the thing is though, they seem to have graduated onto Game of Thrones, which which isn't great either. You know, that's like Shakespeare with more boobies. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. <laughs> um, so a guy that I work with. Okay, so uh, last my on my day off earlier this week, it was a really nice day, and I was able to get this big canvas that I've been working on out of the garage, get it in the backyard. It's huge. It's a, it's a really big canvas. So I need some space, and when my wife's got her her hot rod and her SUV like jamming me up. It's hard to uh, uh, get it done. But um, uh, I had a great day of painting. And uh, this guy that I work with, he's also an artist. And he talks about a guy named Biebenkorn. And uh, Biebenkorn um, has got 10 rules of painting. This kind of sounds like you know, like, you know, you know what a good gimmick is? Come up with 10 rules of something. Yeah. 
like Elmore Leonard's 10 rules of writing. Mm -hmm. So there's also Bieben Korn's 10 rules of, so he's every, every time I like say something about, uh, I, like I I'll say, man, I haven't been able to paint lately. And the guy will say, have you said, have you read, have you seen Bieben Korn's 10 rules of painting? I'm like, nah, man, I haven't gotten to it. All right. Well, you got to check it out. And then like, you know, I mean, he's just been after me. So like, I'm like, oh man, I had a great day painting. I felt good about the, the, uh, I felt good about just the work and, and um, the, the process, you know, just being able to start moving some paint around. Um, and then, and of course, the next thing out of this guy's, the other artist's mouth is, but if you checked out Beamancorn's 10 rules of painting, <laughs> it's like, okay. So like, now I know I, I got to read Beamancorn's 10 rules of painting. Number seven was get this mistakes can't be erased but they move you from your present position i thought that was good that i thought good. that was really good <clears throat> and applicable in other things mm -hmm. right i um one of the things that i have written down and you know this is it's it's related is that perfection is the enemy of progress right we've you've heard that before people will think and overthink things um but sometimes you've just got to do it. Yes. And you've, you've just, you've just got to get started and you've just got to, you've just got to do it. Yes. Um, the thing I'll usually say, and this is of course, because um, I'm not a, per well, uh, you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you hang around and, and you talk a thing to death and you plan and you, and you, and you scheme and you, you know, you, you, you pre prepare, but I mean, you never do anything because it's never quite right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Um, you know, in a similar way, I, I, I've known people and I'm thinking of one guy in particular, and he would always say, I'm not going to die on that. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to fight that battle. Mm -hmm. He'll say, I'm not going to fight that battle right now, but he said it all the time. And it got to the point where I thought, you know what? You, you don't want to fight any battle. You're never fighting battles. You're George McClellan, okay? <laughs> I don't want to fight that battle right now. I don't, I don't ever want to fight. Well, nobody wants to fight a battle, okay? Yeah. Sometimes battles need to be fought. And I'm, I know I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying this figuratively and li um, figuratively uh, speaking. Um, uh, to use George Orwell's uh, expression, some unpleasant facts must be faced, mm -hmm. right? Yep. You got to, you know, whatever. You got a kid who's a drug addict and he's like stealing from grandma and, you know, he just stole your DVD player. You remember DVD players, don't you, Brian? I don't. I, we'll talk about that later. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what, what, what was your thing? Oh, don't let per, per, don't perfection... Let perfection is the enemy of progress i'd say it's uh, the enemy of a lot of things but yeah yeah you, you know the just... other thing is uh, i mean the people who think that perf see i kind of I, I i'm kind of i i i um i can do this uh i find the idea of a perfect anything uh, I, I i i view the idea of 
perfection skeptically. Uh, the 72 Dolphins had a perfect season. They didn't lose a regular season game. They, they won through the playoffs. They won the Super Bowl. Perfect season, right? Um, nobody else has ever done it. Uh, the New England Patriots a few years ago won every, every game uh, until the Super Bowl, but they didn't win the Super Bowl. Right. And so I, I've always said um, the baseball is more like life. Yep. Um, you fail a lot and it makes, you know, I mean, like what? Um, I mean, if you could bat 333, you're practically going in the Hall of Fame, right? Walking right in. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, if you're a li- if you're a lifetime three thirty three hitter, as long as you didn't uh, bet on baseball, you'll walk right in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, 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 this is a side point. Uh, um, uh, a great hitting heavyweight died early. Was it Kirby Puckett or Tony Gwynn? Uh, I think both of them. <laughs> Are they both I think, dead? I think they're both dead. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Bummer. Okay. Tony, um, Gwynn, Tony Gwynn was one of the best hitters in the history of the game, right? I saw he did something for ESPN and he was taking batting practice and he was like right field, right center, center field, left center, left field. Like he was... You know, you know the like the basketball game. Uh, you know, uh, around the world. Yeah. You start on you start on one side. You shoot. You know, and you just make your way, and then you go back. And that's what he's doing during batting practice. Is that he's just shooting line drives to wherever he wants to. Really. Um, and Amazing, it's just, right? It's, it's fascinating to have that much skill. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I hope to read George Will's Men at Work. Uh, I've read parts of it over the years. I just bought another copy. Um, uh, George Will is such a terrific writer, particularly when he's writing about baseball. But anyway, I, you know, look, I didn't grow up as a baseball fan. I grew up as a football fan. Um, you know, I've fallen in and out of love with professional basketball. Oh, hey, did you fill out a bracket? No. Uh, okay. This is... This is one of the first years that I haven't done it, and I'm not. I mean, I love college hoops. It's it's this this time of year is super exciting. Uh, but this year, I'm just not really that into it. Um, yeah, Mrs. Winger made me. I got Arkansas going all the way. <laughs> Go Razorbacks. <laughs> she says that's stupid. I'm like, who do you have? <laughs> Gonzaga. She just likes she. I think she just likes the word. She yeah. just likes to say Gonzaga, yeah. and she probably thinks it's a cheese. Like she's confused it with Gorgonzola. <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh, yeah, um, uh, there. Okay, well, so let's let's uh, let's come up. Let's counter this talk about perfection, relative perfection. Uh, the Dolphins' perfect season. A pitcher can, in fact, throw a perfect game when there are um, 
what what's the deal with the perfect game it's uh, uh no walks no hits no okay. error no walks no hits yeah so essentially three three batters an inning and you yeah, get them all he, yeah face One face way the, the minimum other. face I mean, the minimum so somebody could hit a ball but then it's caught you know right. it's an out right yep. so okay so it doesn't mean you strike three guys out an inning but it's it's just yeah nope. But that's that's happened a few times. They call it an immaculate inning, which is pretty cool, where the pitcher throws uh, nine <laughs> nine pitches and uh, strikes and strikes out the side. Um, oh, no kidding! Yeah, an immaculate inning, and it's it's you know it's one of those really weird things that happens in baseball sometimes, and it's just but a super super cool thing. All right, all right. Um. Uh. So. I can't remember who said it. I heard it from George Will. Um, the difference between one man and another is very small. Wait, is, there's very little difference between one man and another, but that difference can be very great. Does that make sense? Did I say that, that right? Sense. I don't no, know that, that I said it right. It, that makes sense. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld has a bit in one of his acts and he's talking about Olympic athletes and, and he says that the difference between, you know, he, he makes that statement that, that second place is, is, is the first, is the first loser. Okay. Um, but then he says, you know, the, the guy will say, I, I never, I never had a cigarette. I never drank. I never partied. I trained all my life. I get to this moment and I missed, I missed it by a, like a hundredth of a second. Yeah. And this guy, Greatest guy in the world. This guy, never heard of him. First loser. First loser. Yeah. I've always said that about the Olympics. That it blows my it, it blows my mind. Yeah. So Michael Phelps, all you hear about is Michael Phelps and what an athlete and what a physical specimen. And you know what? The guys who are coming in like eighth behind him are like fractions of a second later. Did you know, did you know that Jackie Robinson had a brother, Mac Robinson, who ran in the Olympics and shattered the world record? It was the 1936 Olympics in Munich. And even though he shattered the world record, he came in second behind the guy who came in first a fellow that you might have heard of named Jesse Owens. Can you even imagine? And then he goes home and his brother <laughs> is Jackie Robinson. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, amazing, right? That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Mac Robinson came in second and you never... You never hear about it. So, so, okay. So I'm thinking, so what's, what's, what's the lesson? I mean, uh, what's, what, to I, what? I mean, I mean, to, to any of it, I'm, I mean, I'm looking for some kind of way to relate this to, to, to everyday life. I mean, I'm not, I'm not running hundred meter sprints against world-class athletes. Um, George Patton said, if a man does his best, what else is there? Yeah. 
I mean, and I think I think that the the other side of that is sometimes your best isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can gird up your loins and you know. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah. And that's not that's not your fault. It's just it's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not always, and I, you know, I mean, I think, look, I think that it's uh, commendable when guys take responsibility for, th- you know, for for defeat or, you know, um, a f- a failure of a mission, of a project, of whatever. But um, it's not always, it's not always anybody's fault sometimes Mm -hmm. you know i mean whatever i mean i mean i i i don't know if i've mentioned before but once in austin i um uh was invited by a mutual friend to a guy's house who and it was like a way nicer house than i'm used to going to dinner parties in and it was like a barbecue setting and stuff and it was a big guy and uh, I, I was like actually talking to his wife for a while and she was talking about being in this town and then being in that town. And I'm thinking, what's going on? Something's going on here. You know, it turns out that the guy was an offensive lineman for the Eagles. Jermaine uh, Marbury, I think, uh, was his name. Um, uh, nice enough guy. His, his wife was super nice. Um, but I, I was talking to him afterwards and I, and so he was on that Eagle team coached by, uh, Andy Reed, right. Who two years ago won the Super Bowl with, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, in Kansas city, Andy Reed's considered one of the great brains in football. Um, and, uh, uh, Marbury was in the game when the Eagles lost to Tom Brady, Belichick, and the Patriots, okay? And um, uh, do you, I don't know if you remember, but in the final, the final part of that, McNabb was moving really slow. Mm-hmm. Like he had all the time in the world and he didn't, right? Mm-hmm. And like, and, and, I, and I said, uh, I, so, so, you know, look, when I'm when I'm with a, a big shot or a guy who's, you know, I try not to be too starstruck and I try not to. But he did say um, uh, he, he said, you know, I I haven't I, he said I couldn't watch that game for years after after it happened. It was just too painful. He said, but I watched that um, a little while ago. And you know what? We could have won that game, um, and uh, every t- every everybody I've ever told that story to says, "Yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda." <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's but um, I said I I gotta ask. I, I said I don't want to like do a whole thing, but you know, was was McNabb concussed? I mean, why did he act like he had all that time when he didn't? 
he said, usually from the sideline, you're getting you're getting input. You know, you're you're hearing, go 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 go, and they weren't right. getting that. And and mm-hmm. and so he just acted like he had a ton of time, and and he didn't. So yeah. sometimes, okay, and and look, a lot of times in life, particularly in modern life, in Western life, you know, I mean, look, um, you and I have talked about losing jobs um, at various times in history under various regimes, they don't fire you. They take Mm -hmm. you out back and put two behind your ear, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, getting canned is tough. It's a tough beat, but it's not the end of everything, you know? Right. And, and, uh, you know, so you... Uh, yeah. but, but there, there's well, a line well, there's a line from uh not shakespeare winston churchill um uh the definition of success is the ability to go f- to go from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm <laughs> or something like that mm-hmm. anyway well and what, what was it when when don draper fired um last uh lane price ah tough tough but he said the next thing will be better you'll be fine it'll work out because it always does and and had lane stayed with that it would have been it would have been yep yep he'd lost his enthusiasm (laughs) Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. Yeah. Um, so um, we are, man, we are, we're having a deep conversation. I hope, I hope that our listener is appreciate is enjoying this as much as I am. Um, so I hope that our listener is on a long walk <laughs> and really able to take all of this in right now. <laughs> Um, another thing that I, uh, another lesson I've learned is, uh, okay. So, uh, there was an episode of sports night, which was written by Aaron Sorkin and more times than not directed by Thomas Shlami, Tommy Shlami, who, uh, uh, directed. So I married an ax murderer. Uh, he also, uh, collaborated with, uh, Sorkin on, um, the West Wing and, and and other projects. So there was one called uh, uh, the Battle Plan of Napoleon, something like that. And I've I've researched this, and I can't find verification that it's true. But in the episode, the 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 line was the Battle Plan of Napoleon was first we show up. And then we see what happens. Yeah. And uh, I like that. And that's kind like of my thing. And I mean, you know, of course, it. I mean, I mean, my detractors would say, oh, you would think that winger because <laughs> it keeps you from preparing, <laughs> from planning. Uh, and all you got to do is show up with your big personality. And uh, the, but the thing is, the fact of the matter is, um, I am in this funny way, this like 
agent of chaos, right? It's like I show up <laughs> and I disrupt the status quo. And in a way, it's like shaking the trees, you know, shaking the trees to see what falls out. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes that's had great effects. I mean, really positive things because some of the things that fall out of the trees, you don't want in the trees. You want mm-hmm. them out of the trees. <laughs> and, and, and guys who just like walk through the trees and don't shake the trees, then those things just stay up there, right? Yeah. Other times, I think it's probably more disruptive than um, uh, it might need to be. But uh, it's 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 a tool in my toolbox, if I may say. I think I think it was Mike Tyson, the great philosopher. Everybody's got a plan until they get hit. Yeah, I remember when yeah. he said it. And you know what? Mattis quotes that, and a lot of people do. A lot of mm-hmm. people quote Mike Tyson on that. Well, and I think that that's why it's important to uh, to have a level of, of preparation, uh, but also be adaptable to change, because it can it can happen in uh, in a hurry. Well, the old the old expression is uh, no battle plan survives contact with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, uh, you and I, unlike the grizzled veteran Chris Galley. Um, uh, uh, are dealing with the theoretical and the figurative. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're more literary than literal. Uh, but but you know you can plan, but then but then you got to be ad- as you say adaptable. I would add resourceful. Mm-hmm. Crap breaks. What can you use? I remember one time uh, me and another guy were, 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 were using like heavy equipment and pulling gigantic rocks, rocks the size of like refrigerators out of the earth. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a Sunday afternoon. Everything was closed and he needed a gasket or he needed like a, a washer or some stupid thing. Right. And he and I were out there and I had the idea of, of taking a plastic cap off a bottle of water, cutting it to size and using it. And son of a gun, we got another few hours of work out of the thing. I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a long-term fix. It's not, but it gets you over the hump. And that's sometimes that's what it takes. So um, have you seen The Martian with Matt Damon? I have not, though I hear it's funny. It's good. Yeah, it's good. And Good show? And it's a good show. It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, listen, he's got a, a good line um, in there, and he says at some point everything's going to go south. It's, it's going to go sideways. That's been my gonna, experience. <laughs> and you're going to think this is, this is it. Um, and he says something like, you can either accept it or you can get to work. And, uh, I think that that's been choices, accept it and what wait to die on Mars. Yeah. You can accept it or that you're going to die on Mars or you can get to work and start and start solving the problem. Um, you know, brick by brick, you know, one piece at a time. Um, and, uh, and he ends it really, really great. And he says, like if you if you solve enough problems, then you get to come home. 
and uh, it's good. That sounds good. Um, see, I was thinking of aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Paxton's character is uh, Hudson, and he and just he did, like he did, he he dealt with adversity in a very healthy way, didn't he? <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. Game over. Game over. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was contrary to what uh, the Martian said. Well, yeah, but but okay, but here's the thing, and this has been the role Mrs. Winger has played in our relationship. When I'm being Hudson, she'll be she'll be Ripley, and she'll like grab me by the collar and say, "Well, you just better start dealing with it, Hudson." <laughs> and uh, I think I don't know if this is like the same part where he says, "This little girl has survived for weeks." without any weapons or or training he goes that's great man would you put her in charge <laughs> maybe we should yeah anyway um uh yeah you solve you solve enough problems you get to come home that's good that's good uh let's see um we, we're going long but uh I'm having a ball although I can't imagine our oh and we haven't even done any ads. Oh, for heaven's sake, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to miss our booking at Shea Casablanca. Here, you know uh, here's this, something this, I've learned. The movie this, Ishtar is unfairly panned. It's much better than people would have you believe. Never seen it. Well, you should, because it's great. Dustin Hoffman, Warren Beatty, and the exquisite Isabella Ajani. This, this is what I have written down on lessons. Uh, always thank your sponsors. <laughs> okay so mrs winger.com is the place to go for affordable effective comfortable stylish face coverings folks we're not down the mountain yet um you're gonna wanna and here's the thing use promo code friends friends and get a substantial discount I'm willing to uh, go out on a limb and uh, say, go to mrswinger.com, use the promo code FRIENDS, and um, get some uh, great face coverings. Because um, even if, uh, well, you, because you can't, can yeah. You, can you be, imagine being in the crowded corridors of Coors Field after a ball game uh, with thousands of people pressed up against you without a face covering on? I just, my, um, a guy I work with, just returned from Colorado. He drove through. He was in the uh, Texas Panhandle. He went into a Walmart, and he was the only guy wearing a mask. Now, a, it's a Walmart. B, in 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 rural Texas. Um, Congratulations, you idiot! <laughs> Say there, boy. You looking for the Elton John compact discs? Let me take you over here to the wine coolers. Yeah, so mrswinger.com. Also, also, uh, please check out um, uh, Chris Levine at the Refresher Podcast. Here's what I would tell you about this. Chris Levine's new podcast, Refresher, is brilliant. It's depth. It's depth. It's depth. It's depth. It's deep. It's very deep. It's, it's deepness surprises you like a rabbit pulled from a pop cultural hat. 
because Levine really is as kind and as wise as he seems, Refresher helps without being heavy. He stakes out common ground on pop culture, but you get his point even if you've never watched the Twilight Zone reruns. And the point, gotten, is appreciated by the getter. He's thoughtful and prepared and researched. It's the boost that you didn't know you needed. So that's uh, Chris Levine and the Refresher podcast, which is mainly found on Spotify and a bunch of auto also ran platforms, uh, not like the Managing Expectation uh, uh, podcast, which is Brian, where can uh, the folks find that? Apple Podcasts. Uh, man, I don't even know the major ones. <laughs> Spotify, the Google Play Store, Podbean. Stitcher? Stitcher. Uh, SoundCloud? Not SoundCloud. Not SoundCloud yet? Mm-mm. Working got, on it? They've got some, they've got some hurdles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they've got some hurdles there. Uh, okay, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Podbean, uh, uh, so those are uh, some things. And then finally, we want to give a shout out to our buddy Ray Barber and All in a Dream Comics and Books. He's in a new location. He's still on East Colfax, which is cool for um, uh, uh, folks who uh, like like it. You know, um, All in a Dream got this uh, really cool, um, a, a guy did like a graphic novel that that ran in westward westward is the um uh ultra conservative uh, publication <laughs> in the <Rocky> <laughs> you might be con you might it, you could easily confuse it with uh commentary magazine but in fact it's uh the um denver arts uh weekly uh it's the uh uh, free newspaper that you pick up to find out what the show is. Um, anyway, uh, All in a Dream is at 3115 East Colfax. It's a new location. New year, new store, new attitude. Give Ray a call at area code... Well, it's probably the same attitude. New store, new year. And he can be reached at area code 303 333-8616. You are not going to find a, a better comic book store in this day and age when everybody's doing everything online. It's a great place to go. It's a, it's, it's uh, uh, one of the last redoubts of uh, uh, th uh, thought and uh, uh, artistic expression in a, uh, in a, in a, in a, in a way that I think Ben Franklin would have recognized. Yeah. Now, I, okay, okay, you laugh because it's comic books, and I get that. Though he no. also he also sells other books, but I mean, those those founding fathers, I mean, they understood the power of the printing press, and bookstores were like super radical, um, in, in you know two hundred and fifty years ago. I mean, that's a place where dangerous ideas fomented. And um, 
you know, Abe Lincoln's dad uh, didn't didn't care for books. And they were they were really expensive, which is why sure. Abe had to like walk for miles to borrow one. What? You you were just sounding a little bit like uh, Greg Kinnear from You've Got Mail reviewing the shop around the corner. That <laughs> has a Jeffersonian purity. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, um, I guess I guess uh, living. Uh, I live with this woman. You live with those women, and I guess you've probably seen You've Got Mail since I have. I saw it in the theater in 1998. Yeah, I've seen it recently. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I swear I can just hear the testosterone. Like it's like it's like the radiator like went bad and it just like all fell out the bottom <laughs> whenever you've got to like <laughs> you've got to face down a young woman you're like hmm? oh oh come oh on. yeah okay well you know you say that but you know one of these days well you know what the people well, 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 will, well, the well, people can draw their own conclusions because what was lesson, what was lesson number one read the room <laughs> and i was reading all of it Oh, I, I meant bend the room to my iron will. Because <laughs> that's always yeah. worked out great. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know what? We probably ought to wrap this up. Uh, this has been a marathon session, but uh, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to collect two copays uh, for this one, Brian. It's been a double session, and uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. But uh, uh uh, our time is up for uh, for now. And probably for next week, too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what? In two episodes, we're going to have uh, our one-year anniversary. That'll be exciting, too. I thought this was our 50th anniversary. It's our 50th episode. <laughs> what's, what's the 50th anniversary? Is golden? Golden anniversary? Yeah, I think so. I don't know what the 35th wedding anniversary is, but uh, Mrs. Winger got a chair. Oh, I, this is how we're going out. This is the story that we'll conclude on. So we're okay. driving. Okay, so I say, uh, hey, uh, it's a gorgeous Sunday here in North Dallas. You want to hit a couple of estate sales? She says, sure. So I, you know, like I bought like, like uh, a lug wrench, the kind with like four different sizes you know for like two bucks okay so this is why i go to an estate sale all right mm -hmm. mrs winger wants to go to one more and it's okay you see where this is going mm -hmm. we buy a chair so whatever the 35th wedding anniversary is it's it, a chair that yeah the gift is a chair because that's what it, she got what color is the chair it's uh well, it's uh it's it's uh kind of a cream with like uh, various diamonds on it, um, neutral colored diamonds. I know. I mean, all I'm thinking about is like I will never be able to eat popcorn in this chair. Yeah, it's crazy, right? But you know, I love her. So anyway, 
So we're driving home and it like barely fits into her SUV. And uh, cause I didn't have the truck. So it barely fits in the SUV. And like, we had to like, you know, we like lowered the hatch as much as possible then used a bungee cord to keep it tight. And, you know, we're driving down the road, like the clampets. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and she's just like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, well, I just have a hard time picturing Bill or Larry, you know, doing this at my age, driving down the road with, you know, like, you know, the Beverly Hillbilly. She goes, Bill and Larry. Really? You compare your life to Bill and Larry? I'm like, yeah. And so does Brian. I'm like, are you kidding? Those guys are like the Littleton all-stars, okay? Everybody wants to be Bill and Larry. And what's really interesting about these guys who I think were formidable male um, uh, uh, role models in sure. in our you know in our in our youth you in your case when you were very young but you were still observing them right mm -hmm. yep bill and larry uh as a matter of temperament approach things as um like larry's kind of tory and bill's kind of labor right i mean yep. it just in in how they approach um not, not you know i don't mean that in a political sense but in a in a sense of like tighter versus looser a crunchier versus creamier you know like that and and yet yeah. neither one in their 56th year can you imagine driving down the road with their suv hatchback open bungee bungee corded shut my heavens i am i'm a i am a disgrace just a loser just a pathetic loser horrible so anyway um uh who 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 could you oh so bill and larry will probably listen to this podcast about the same time jamie beckman will <laughs> they, yeah that that is if they can find the stitcher <laughs> yeah i i yeah okay uh J so. jade jade by the way is 35th wedding anniversary so if it was a green chair i thought i was thinking you would have been right on track uh uh, uh, uh jade is the uh, vietnamese housekeeper so let's just keep her out of this <laughs> Thank you again I'm for listening. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, say good, say goodbye. Thank, yeah, thank you for listening. This is this has been this has been great. This has been enjoyable. We hope that you, the listener, enjoyed it as much as uh, we have. as we seem to have. Yeah, because we just don't want it to end. <laughs> uh, but I do have to see a man about a horse here in just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta see a man about a gerbil uh listen if you enjoyed the podcast give us a review five stars is just a, as a suggestion as as a recommended donation five stars is good uh yeah. subscribe tell a friend share tell people that this is not 
always three hours long and it's totally worth listening to. So uh, there you go. Um, this is this is this is episode fifty, the Snyder Cut. <laughs> oh man, I wanted to be the one to drop a Snyder Cut joke. All right, you win again. You always do. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. Let's go to work.